0: Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community. Hello, hello, Sean. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well. It's a beautiful day in Kansas City. It is
0: wonderful. I tried to sit outside and code for a little while today, but my laptop was covered in pollen after about 10 minutes.
1: Yep. Welcome to spring. Yeah. Yep. Plant sperm all over the place. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Yeah, I know that we both have a limited time tonight. I'd like to we we, we had we had a little catch up before we got on here, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I know I said I had a topic. So a few weeks back, I think Keith Lee was on. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, we had an extended no,
1: I, conversation after you had to bail. So
0: I yes. <laughs> and um Parker says hello. hello. Uh you know who Parker is? I believe Parker, so. friend of the show, Parker. Yep. He uh
1: he does Oban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did see I did <laughs> see his tweet about Oban. Uh, I have opinions about that. Um, but we can get into that later. Let's let's get yeah. <laughs> your topics first. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I told him that that I said maybe we should have you on. We can all talk about it. Yeah. 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 He's a great guy. Okay. So we talked on that podcast about multi, right? Mm-hmm. And how that comes into play. And I had mentioned. Like sending an email or something like that inside of an Ecto multi run. Yep. Uh, or updating an external index. I think like you're talking about all the all kinds. Of, index. Yeah. 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 There's. I mean, there's all kinds of things that sometimes you need to do. Right. You maybe you need to recalculate some caches. Maybe you need to. You have like a bunch of stuff that you want to do. Maybe after you write to the database and only if you're successful at that. Right. And if it. Maybe sometimes you want it to fail that tr- and roll back that transaction, but frequently, probably not. So, you know, Keith Lee, and I think, I think you mentioned too that you, it was like, yeah, that's not really the place for that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious how you like to handle these things and what that, that looks like. So like sending an email, updating a cache, updating an index, any of those like house cleanup things and how, Maybe how you make sure that they happen, right? Like I want to yeah. tell the index update, <laughs> and I don't want that to fail because somebody's going to be on my butt if it does. I know it's just happened recently.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and okay, so so sadly, I, I don't have a a blanket answer. It's very contextual, and and I would say that so many systems that aren't databases don't have those guarantees, like that it happens or it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so you you have you have more of a like probabilistic success, um, <laughs> right? Um, it's, a, it's a bell curve, Amos. It's a bell right. curve. Right. <laughs> so so like some of the thing this this would be let's let's say it's it's not a search index. Let's just say you like you have a, an application that's built out of multiple services because you're in a big you have a big app and like you know people need to work on different things or mm-hmm. you know there's a, there's enough clear domain separation between things that you need to separate things out so that people you know can can work on a focused domain without affecting everybody else and that means that you probably have them across the network either using distoral or you're like using you know some kind of rpc call or you know http request whatever those can still fail right so so there's uh, there's a number of things y- you can do. You could say that the typical thing, and maybe this this all, since the, the Casey Elixir meetup is is wanting me to do this topic, it seems, we'll get into, like, what what do you do when these things fail? Because the minute you have two computers, you have a distributed system, those things, mm-hmm. like, are going to break. Mm-hmm. Whether it's from like the network or from the thing that you're calling, you're, you're sending a message to, is overloaded or um, or has a bug. Like as long as it's not under your control, you're going to have to deal with failure. So what do you do when you deal with failure? Let's say let's say it's this search index thing that we were talking about last mm-hmm. time. If it breaks, the simple solution for a lot of cases and it covers a lot is retry. It's like, well, mm-hmm. if this thing can be performed multiple times, just try it again until it succeeds. So, in that initial
0: thing, would you do? I I call it the Mars Attacks approach. <laughs> ak, 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 ak. <laughs> you know, like, so every time you send it something, it needs to acknowledge that it received it. Mm-hmm. And okay, so that's that's one. Sorry, I if I sidetracked
1: there. <laughs> no, no, but like, so so then the third if you say, well, I'm going to just retry until it works, you have to back off that expectation that you could just continue retrying forever. Mm-hmm. Because now you 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 have the possibility that, let, let's say you had 10 people trying to import their employee list or whatever it was, and the indexing is failing, but all those people like imported 10, and now you have 10 things retrying infinitely. Uh, for that mm-hmm. thing that's broken. So usually what happens, and, th- and then there's also issues of if you keep retrying as fast as possible, you're likely going to break that thing that you think has failed. Um, because you're going to keep sending stuff to it uh, without any regards for what load it's under, right? So a very typical thing is you back off. So so if you fail, you say, I want a minimum back off of this. That means is I'm going to sleep. For that certain amount of time and then if it fails again i'm gonna maybe double that that time uh and often this is added with jitter so that you don't have like multiple processes firing at the same time like they're syncing up yeah you know and accidentally syncing up so so you you probably have some some jitter on there for the next back off interval um such that it doesn't like tend to align with with another one uh, that's trying to retry um, but even then you you have the possibility that you you're you know you're exponentially backing off, you're doubling the amount of time. What if it never comes up and then you 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 know your your interval is getting to the point of like hours or days. at that point you you probably need to have a human intervention, right? You need to say this thing is not going to work. and so you need to fire up the alarm bells. You need to have somebody paged and that process needs to quit because if you don't quit, you're, you're, you eventually have the same problem as if you're retrying with no delay because you have everybody has had, you know, is retrying and their interval keeps mm-hmm. getting bigger. And eventually you have all the things retrying and they're basically hammering the thing that doesn't work. So, so that, so there's, this is an engineering exercise, you have to figure out how much how long am i willing to wait or how many times am i willing to retry before i think it's not going to work ever mm-hmm.
0: so i mean that's going to be dependent on every system right yeah that's why and, i say it's an engineering what,
1: decision you have to decide uh, like yeah
0: as yeah. you build it <laughs> and maybe like yeah i guess recovery like how can you recover later if it never goes off like if you just shut it down and then come back later. What is like, do I have to rerun everything or is there like a package deal where I can say, Hey, here's everything that you need or rebuild an index from nothing, stuff like that.
1: Right. Right. And that's, that's where um, like, so that there's, there's, when we talk about distributed systems, there's two things, two types of properties you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. There's safety, which means that nothing ever goes wrong or the particular thing is never violated. Um, and then there's liveness is that something good eventually happens. And what we're talking about here is liveness. Like, how can you make sure that somewhere down the road, like sometime some in the future, you can make sure that that indexing will occur? And this is why, you know, in the last time we talked about this, I said, well, maybe eventually or maybe on a, a schedule, you want to completely re-index because that's, that's a way to get liveness. So you can say, I know that my index is updated as of this time. And so you're not stuck because lightness is, do you get stuck? Do you get to a point where you cannot move the state of the distributed system forward? So, so like uh, this, this is usually, you know, it feels kind of dirty sometimes, but, but like all of this is about what are the extra things that we can do to paper over inconsistencies or failures? Like how can we, make the thing continue operating and eventually be correct to some degree w- without without like um requiring everything to be successful uh every time. So I guess the like
0: if you if you're doing that where you like re-index once in a while, mm-hmm. then then maybe your failure cases like can just throw it away, right?
1: Yeah. Or you can but, say after a certain number of tries, like three or something small, you can mm-hmm. say, well, I'm just gonna wait till the ne- next re-index interval. And you maybe that's a case where you could report back to the user, hey, this is you know, indexing is delayed. That's that's fair.
0: So when you do this, do you do you prefer to use something with like a, a persistent queue? Do you write it into a database and say hey? Or like I mean, I I know all of these answers are it depends, right? Sure. But because there's always a nuance, but like preferred wise for you in what do you think covers most of the cases? Is there something that covers most of the cases? Is it have a, have a, so like I'm thinking of indexing I'm like, all right, well, if I have a a background process, uh, mm-hmm. a gen server that's responsible for indexing and it may be a pool, whatever, let's just ignore that. And I could have one when that gen server uh, starts part of its startup could just be like index everything, right? Yep, as long as it's not dying all the time, that's right. probably okay. <laughs> so I could say index everything, and then I could just hand it index stuff. And if I ever have to restart the server or whatever, it's going to stand up and re index everything anyway. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's not bad in that one situation, but how. M- how broad of a set of situations do you think that would cover versus needing to reach for something like oban or or some external cue that will wait for an acknowledgement of something to, before it lets anything out or whatever
1: yeah and um since we're back at that uh, i'll say like i think oban is a like really great piece of technology and i've used it very successfully but i've also seen it abused and and uh, my preference is, before you go to the database to queue up something to do in the background, it, it, if if it needs to have like we have OTP right here, you know, like you can spawn a process that's that's supervised and would like wait for it to complete or whatever you need to do. Um, I, I like there's very little cost of even delaying this the process that you're in to to do something. Unless you need to protect from failure. Like that's the big reason Uh, aside from, Oh, I need parallelism of some sort or concurrency, right? Because I need to do lots of these things. And you know, at the same time Um, that's the other big reason to spawn a process is to have some control around failure. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would, I would do the retries in the same process and like, or at least make your initial attempt to be do it now. Or, or even if you have those retries with delays, do it now. And then like when you run out of retries, then go, okay, well, how important, this is the, uh, getting the engineering decisions back in there. Like how important is that, that this be retried again in the future? If it's something where it's not going to get to that system unless I retry it, maybe you could reach for Oban. Another thing you might do is say, uh, well, I'm going to record these failed things in a table. And try to do them in batches later, mm-hmm. or uh, but but like all of those things, as soon as you involve a queue, you have to babysit the queue, and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and like it becomes. Uh, let me let me see if I can motivate examples with examples. Uh, so when I was at at Postmates we had some things where we needed to import um, menus from some of the vendors who were on our platform and we needed to do it daily and make sure that uh, you know, cause they were using some third party thing to manage their, their menu. Um, and, but they wanted to sell, at, you know, delivery of food or whatever on our platform. Mm-hmm. So, so we needed to make sure that whenever they made a change, at least by the next day, it would be up to date. So this means like, you know, 4 a.m. Or, or earlier. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We're importing hundreds of menus. Like Obon was great for that. Uh, because we could say, you know, on this schedule, we're going to go through all the things that have the menus from, from this particular integration, and we're going to slurp them in as fast as we can. This made for uh, some really interesting usage graphs. Like, you know, our database uh, metrics and, you know, and also it was funny when we were doing capacity planning, we were trying to correlate our database usage with the number of ongoing jobs. Well, there was like the low point, like our database usage spiked up when there was no, no deliveries going on because we were doing these batch imports. Um, Anyway, that's a little side side point. But then, uh, you know, at a more at a more recent gig, it was. What I what I found people would use Oban for was they wanted some very hand-wavy but poorly understood guarantees about something completing. And they said, well, Oban's there. So let's just put it in the database. And they would do things like, um, I mean, I, I fought so hard against this. <laughs> so I'm a little bit burnt by it. But they would do things like put 50 retries um Ooh. on something. Um, and this was to paper over the fact that there was a particular third party that we were trying to call that was very unreliable, they were like a really new company and they hadn't figured things out, and their service was just not not reliable. Uh, so let's retry it 50 times. Well, now you've got you've got this uh, retrying 50 times for things that aren't actually all that mission critical, but the like how important it is to update was was not well evaluated. Mm-hmm. And and then there were issues too with uh, one one of the reasons why our, our architecture at Postmates worked is we actually had dedicated instances of our app that just ran Oban. The other instances of of our application did not. Like, of course, it was included, you know, the same compiled artifact, but it was turned off. Like, there would be no queues started up on some of those those uh, those machines. But this other one it was like, well, we didn't have any differentiation, so you might be like queuing up a bunch of jobs that have to retry a bunch and eventually take down the whole website because it was spending all of its time on things that were unimportant and hammering the database. So, so I guess, I guess it is my, my point of bringing this up is, and I'm trying to get back to your original question. I don't know if I've (laughs) meandered too far off. Um, but like what would have helped in that second situation is not just you know some senior engineer going in here and say 50 retries are stupid you shouldn't do that but to go like with the the you know have a discussion with the the engineering and the like the the product people like how important is this like can we classify this in importance of success to something else can we think about what are recovery strategies for when this will fail because it will um mm-hmm. and I think that that um had they gone down that route we might not have had as many outages um, related to Oban now another thing that we did uh, I was able to convince one engineer to do it it was great. He was like, yeah well, I've got these things and they need to make sure that they get over to this other service inside our architecture and I'm gonna throw them an Oban. I was like, whoa, 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 like okay, like you know Oban's great, but what if you just retry it a couple times or the, the other thing that I saw a lot is that, um, and this happens even if you're not using Oban, if you're using, you know, like external message brokers, like Kafka, rabbit MQ, any of these things, what people tend to do is they'll like say, well, it's just an event. I'm going to put it on this topic and something will consume that and like do some stuff and put it on another topic. And now you have your architecture external, like you basically have put RPC call over a queue. Mm-hmm. So, what I encourage this engineer to do is say, like, well, think about this, think about this thing that needs to happen as a business process. And how would you, if you had to put this, if you had to store the progress of this business process in your database, what would you store? And then it became less of, well, I'm going to put it on this queue and then it's going to do something and it's going to go on some other queue, or I'm just going to throw it over and over and do whatever. Like there is actually inspectable information related to the success of those things. So if, if something came in from their external feed of data that they needed to handle, they can go, okay, I got this thing. It's in the database. And then you get you you like try step one. And if step one succeeds, you go, okay, I mark it. It succeeded. And then you can always roll forward, or at the very least, you can have some visibility into why did this thing fail or is something stuck? So, so I, you know, state machines inside the database is good. Uh, I usually mm-hmm. recommend that. I was going to say Gen FSM or Gen State M. I know a friend of the show, Mitch, is looking at State M lately. But if your, if your issue is persistence and uh, of, of this like difficult thing and, and sharing it with people, you know, for, for either like health monitoring or, or for business process uh, like tracking, then. Like, don't, don't just throw it at Obon. Like, you know, Obon can be part of your solution, sure. But like, think about the ways that you, um you would want to expose that information to to people who care about it.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the thing with, with a lot of Obon versus not Obon is mm-hmm. sometimes there's this fear of ephemeral. Like, right? it's not, it's not, do I put it in Obon? And do, or do I do my own database table? It's, do I put a no bond, which is going to the database or do I leave it just mm-hmm. in the gen server and never write it anywhere? And there's a whole lot of choices in between. Sure. And <clears throat> I like the idea of, well, what's that business value of mm-hmm. like, what would I track business value wise? Maybe to show to the user, maybe to show to my clients, maybe to show, internally for some metrics so we can figure out like, is this external service? Do we want to keep using this? Are they getting better? Like right. that new one that you talked about, or are they getting worse or is it make, should we try it with another service and that one and compare mm-hmm. them? So you, you, you have more control bringing it back in. So that's, is not where I was going with the conversation tonight <laughs> with my question, but I like it. Uh, cause it's got a lot of thoughts in my head. um, so you're you're writing steps along the way, and then mm-hmm. even if it does fail, do you do you typically? I get I I I've, before I even ask this question, I'm like, well, I guess it's gonna it's gonna depend, right? Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> <'Cause>, everything depends. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, do you typically um, keep each step in the database, or just like the last step? And I guess yeah, that would depend on. Yeah, what, like if, if it's value? if
1: it's important. Um, you know, let let's like let's say you were going through some kind of um you know, like I, I guess, you know, my my last job, there was a lot of thing related, a lot of things related to fraud detection and, and whatnot, you know, because they're in the financial mm-hmm. space. Um, so so you might like have as part of your process, well, I've got to go talk to some third party service that evaluates like the fraud score of this. Um, and maybe that's a step, um, that you want to track how long it takes because it could be, you know, maybe you have an SLA if that's a third party, uh, or if it's in your, in your own infrastructure, maybe you want to know, right. like, what are the cases where fraud detection is slow? When is it fast? Uh, you know, like, and, and these are sorts of things you could track, you know, as, as part of your business and say, like, is this the thing we need to, to look at as a problem or are we humming along fine? Uh, you know, what times of day, you know, like these are all sorts of things that you can derive from that extra information, but a lot of times that I've done it, it's been like, well, I have one, you know, string or enumeration field in my database table that says, or actually I think I did like one, one time I did like six timestamps and I said, well, when did you, when did you enter this state? When did you enter that state? When did you enter that state? And so forth, um, with just timestamps. Nullable timestamps. Uh, and then you could tell what state it was in by whichever one had the the last timestamp. Um, if it was stuck or if it was like aborted or something. Okay. Yeah. That's.
0: So you had like multiple fields with timestamps, mm-hmm. not just, not just like, okay. Not, not multiple rows in the database. Mm-mm.
1: So you would just select one row out and you would be able to see right. There would be one row per per job, so to speak. Um, and and just like timestamp it when you completed a particular thing. Now, the fun thing about that is I learned you had to do it outside of you, you have to do those in separate transactions. <laughs> um otherwise you get the same timestamp on all those fields.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I mean if you're using the
1: Built-in timestamping. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, an early design on one of those like had that problem. It's like, why are all these timestamps the same time? Oh, it's because we have the whole thing inside a transaction.
0: Because <laughs> it's really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, I know that it's a beautiful day here in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd like to go for a walk. I'm pretty sure you would, too. Yep. And I don't want to keep you all night. So
1: thanks for the late night recording. Same. Let's talk more about
0: this next time. Sounds great. Talk to you later, Sean. Later.